Welcome to the Inner Huddle Extra Time. Hello and welcome back to this special edition of the Inner Huddle with sports psychologist from Brighton and Hove Albion, Betsy Tuffrey. And we're back for part two. How are you doing, Betsy? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Right. You look a little bit more comfortable now. <laughs> I'm not um, I'm not squeezed in the back of my wardrobe anymore. No, well, uh, comfort is key. So let's crack on. We've got five or six questions left. Um, this one is question number nine, and it's anxiety seems to be a very big problem right now. Uh, these are unprecedented times, and therefore I guess we're having nothing to compare or contextualise it. The anxiety is obviously caused by the current situation, but is there now a shift, or I presume will there be a shift in anxiety, of actually getting back to normal? So what that normal now looks like, is that something that people are going to start or are starting to get anxious about? Yes. Um, so firstly, if I just talk a little bit around anxiety, so anxi- the reason we feel anxious or anxiety as an emotion is, is pretty much always to do with um, looking at future events. So we feel anxious about upcoming things, which means what we do sometimes in a simplistic way is we predict the future or we, we try and be the best uh, fortune teller in the land. And, and that is, that's really where feelings of anxiety come from. Um, they, are, they are often about future events, essentially. So in, in this particular situation, people will often be anxious because they don't know what's going to happen. And therefore, there might be loads of ideas flying around in their mind about what future life might look like or even what next week looks like or when they're going to get their next shopping trip or, or anything at all. So this is where there's a, there's a pretty unbreakable link between feeling anxious and thinking about what happens next. So it's not a very present emotion. So my first piece of advice would be, you know, we hear a lot about staying present, staying in the moment, staying mindful. Those things are really, really valuable if you're feeling any sense of anxiety. Because we're, when we're feeling anxious, we're very, very often not present at all. So we're, we're not ruminating about the past. Um, we're, we're thinking about, oh my goodness, what happens next? So staying present is, is really key to that. Now, there's loads of ways that you can do that. There's a lot of mindfulness um, stuff out there. I've recently done a big project with Brighton um, for um, a concept called MMTS, which is mindfulness meditation training for sport. So it's, it's um, a specific form of mindfulness for athletes or performers, um, which, which has been a massive success at Brighton. And I'd recommend anyone to, to look into mindfulness. There's not a lot out there in terms of sport specific stuff, um, but I can help with that if anyone's interested specifically in that. But in terms of a general, general sense of mindfulness, and we hear about mindfulness and meditation a lot these days, meditation has a, has a bad rap sometimes. You think it's all about sitting cross-legged and umming and ahhing in a, in a position with our, with our fingers clasped together like a little crab. Um, it's not, that's not what it is. That's, that's a really common misconception. Um, one app, if you're interested in, in looking into mindfulness and meditation, is Headspace. It's an absolutely fantastic app. I think some of their content at the moment during the coronavirus pandemic is, is free. I think um, I'm a subscriber, so I'm not sure which bits you can access and which you can't. But for anxiety and anxious feelings, being mindful and being present is, it, is a huge thing to, to bear in mind. Um, and 
onto the second part of the question. This is this is really important for me. Um, and I think a lot of people, when they're talking about particularly footballers, uh, think that you know, everyone's anxious and everyone's unsure about the current situation. No one likes it. And actually, all we want is we all want to go back to normal. Well, some people's normal wasn't that great before. Or there were loads of stresses in that environment that have now been removed. So as an example, there's there's players that play in, in the under-18 squad who um, have to be miles and miles away from home. And that's a stressor in normal life. Well, that's now gone because they're at home. So what happens to those people when they go back to normal and actually a new stress is reintroduced? So I think we've all got to look at that and, and, and prepare for that in a sense um, when we think about what going back to normal might look like and how that's phased back for us. Because obviously it's not going to be a, a cut and dry process of going from coronavirus lockdown to back to normal life as we knew it, like nothing ever happened. Um, so I think it's really important to think about you know, that there'd be a lot of people that have actually got very used to being at home and very comfortable with being at home. And I've actually done an extended period of lockdown because of my knee op. So I've not really left the house an awful lot since the 26th of February. So in a sense, I've got really used to being at home. And there's, there's some kind of small level of anxiety bubbling away in me about going back to normal life and being outside of the house all the time and only coming back in the evening. So I think it's a really important consideration for all of us to make that they are normal life shouldn't be seen totally in rose tinted glasses like everything's going to be okay when we go back to that there'll be stresses as well in that environment yeah we've got a, a question very similar coming up actually where we can talk about normal life a little bit more but it's um for me it's about your comfort zone and you know your life before might have been how you you know your comfort zone and what you were used to and then this now has slowly maybe become your comfort zone where you know what you're doing now and what your day looks like and, you know, getting out, you know, back to what was normal is going to be coming out of your comfort zone now. So there's all sorts of different stresses yeah. and anxieties going on in it, you know, in, in the melting pot, I guess. Yeah. Um, like I said earlier, there's no, there's no blueprint for this because it's never happened before. So it's... Exactly. Um, but like I say, we're not making it up as we go along, but making, you know, decisions as we go along and trying to analyse things on the job. That's, um, yeah, and we're having to make decisions with with little evidence sometimes, and we're yeah. having to go a bit with our guts on stuff. Um, and yeah, I think I think everyone's in the in the same situation in terms of that. If you find yourself feeling anxious, or a family member is, are there any positive steps to try and take? I think probably that links in most heavily with with the idea of being present. Yeah. Um, so what what often happens with anxiety? If I take a really basic example of, um, I might be anxious about going to the shops. So I might. The reason I'm anxious, if I if I look into that a bit more, is because I think something might happen. So there's no there's no evidence for for my reason for being anxious. There's there's maybe logic in terms of there's an element of risk out there now that we're not used to, um, and and I might come into contact with people and someone might get too close to me, for example. Um, so there's there's a level of rationality. It's not to say that anxiety is not founded at all, but it is often a prediction of of what might happen. So if I go to the shops and I I'm feeling anxious about it, I get there. 
I feel even more anxious. Um, What can I do in that moment? Or what can I do surrounding that anxiety? And really, it's just, it's a reminder to be present. That the situation you're in is the situation you're in now. And, And you can't spend loads of time and energy thinking about, well, I'm worried about being here because I might get coronavirus. Well, I might get coronavirus. And that there's limitations and there's steps I can take to, to limit that happening. But ultimately, you can't, um, you can't become so anxious about something that it starts to influence the decisions that you're making. Um, I hope that makes some kind of sense. Yeah. But I, think, I think being present is, is the, the biggest single bit of advice that we can all take steps to doing. Um, and like you say there about being more positive, sometimes it's not purely about um, being more positive about something, sometimes seeing the positive um, side of something is hugely beneficial. Of course, it is. We all we all know that, and we've all experienced that in our own lives. Um, but I think being totally present and just reminding ourselves of the situation we're in now, and that we can't predict the future, is um, is really important for those feelings of anxiety. But as as a as a quick technique if, you, if you're in a situation you're feeling really anxious then simple breathing exercises can help um can help to and, and part of meditation will guide you through that but even you, you might even have a, an apple watch which has got the breathing app on it and, and techniques like that are really really simple just to to ground you to put you back in the moment um Otherwise, we snowball thoughts with anxiety. So we might think, oh, I might go to the shops. It might, there might be people there, which leads me to think, or well, someone might touch something I'm going to touch, or then I might get coronavirus, then I might get really poorly, or I might go into hospital. And we, we've snowballed an event out of really not, a not very big yeah. um, problem. Yeah, and my old favourite, um, controller controllables. So try and stick to the things that you can control and try not to worry so much about the things that are out of our control, which there's a lot that is out of our control at the moment. But likewise, there is a lot that's within our control as well. So try and stick on those little, even if they're little wins that you can do yourself. A hundred percent. I think they're the most, we can spend loads of time and energy and stress thinking about, you know, you might be worried about a family member becoming unwell. Well, directly there might be nothing you can do about that but you'll expend a lot of time and and energy and emotional energy um being anxious or worried about that because you're predicting the worst case scenario um so that there's some there's some things like that that we kind of torment ourselves about sometimes that we really can't do anything about and it's exactly as you say control the controllables is is the absolute key it might be that you've got to go to the shops and it does make you anxious, but you can only do what you can do to, to protect yourself from that, as can, you know, the shops that are putting in their own measures. So that's that. Yeah, that's just an example. Can you always tell if you are feeling anxious? For example, can it show up in different ways, like feeling tired or having strange dreams? Which is my question, because I found myself at times being incredibly tired without reason. Um, I mean, seriously tired and um, having really weird dreams. And you're like, well, is this, is this the new normal? Is this, you know, is this how I'm feeling anxiety? Does it show in these different ways? Yeah, I think 
if, if, if you don't mind me saying that probably part of the stress of that is you may be thinking like, is this me now? Is this, is this, yeah, what, maybe. Is this what life is like for me now? Um, I think in terms of really defining how anxiety manifests itself, again, I can only really talk from a more of a performance slant in terms of what I'd expect to see or be reported from someone feeling anxious in a sport environment, but it can show up in all sorts of ways. And, and, if I can reassure you at all, if you think of the, the amount of energy we're spending on processing loads of information at the moment, so it might be that you're, you're at home, but you're, you're processing like a ton more information than you normally would, or trying to think of new things to do, or you've got your own stresses in terms of work life and, and home life. And that can exhaust you physically. I think we forget that actually the, the brain and the body are, are really linked in that respect. So as a really clear example of that, take yourself back and I'll have to go back a long way for this. So of times when you sit exams and how, t- how physically tired you feel after you've sat a two hour exam at college or in year 11. And I, I think that gives a really good example of how like mental fatigue can translate into physical fatigue as well. Um, so, so yes, anxiety can make you really tired. It can make you feel really fatigued. Um, in terms of the dreaming, again, it's different. Your brain will be working in really different ways right now. So be processing different information. There'll be loads of, if I get really technical, there'll be loads of neural pathways and connections that are being fired that maybe aren't usually fired that much before. There's loads of activity. Um, and then from maybe a more basic standpoint, think about how your routine might have changed in terms of what what your bedtime routine might look like now. Maybe that's a factor for dreaming. You know, are you are all of your other constants constant? You know, are you, are you eating and drinking the same sorts of things that you would if we weren't in a lockdown situation? Uh, have your has your bedtime remained constant? Are your wake up times constant? And these are all parts of routine that are important to maintain to a degree in lockdown. I think this is this is one thing I spoke to players about. You know, don't just kind of go wild and go to bed at three o'clock now because you can um, try and keep that routine because our bodies start to function in different ways if we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think anxiety for me personally, if I'm feeling anxious, I'll have a sense of that from that horrible feeling when you know something's wrong, but you don't really know what's wrong. And, and you're worried about something, but you don't really know what you're worried about. And sometimes anxiety isn't as specific or as easy to identify as maybe my examples before, you might find that you just don't feel right. Um, it might be tiredness, it might be dreams, it might be a loss of appetite. There's, there's all sorts of things that can be affected by, by emotionally how we're feeling. Excellent. Right. Well, I won't be too worried about the dreams then. I'll tick that one off. Um, number 12. Um, and uh, I just briefly touched on this one. Uh, the big thing I keep hearing is when we get back to normal... And uh, do you think it's as, as simple as that? Or will there be a period of acclimatization to normal or the new normal? Well, you know, I don't want to get too deep and will the world ever be the same again? Or, yeah, I feel I like know. Boris now. <laughs> yeah, but to, exactly. But, but I think people are clinging on. You know, I, I can relate to this one as well. I see it all the time. Hopefully we'll be back to normal soon. I keep seeing it at the end of emails and blah, blah, blah kind of yep. thinking, well, what is the new normal going to be, you know? Yeah. And to get back to anything that looked remotely like normal, is there going to be this acclimatization period, I presume, between the two? 
I think so. So from from a from a practical standpoint, I think what we're what we're being fed is really that there is going to be a probably quite a prolonged period of um, transition, if you like, um, between what we're going through now and, and returning back to normal. And some of it is is hinged on a bit of uncertainty in terms of we don't really know whether this will go away. That I think we're hearing conflicting opinions on that. This might go away at some point it might go away with a vaccine it might go away even if we don't get a vaccine or it might be present for two years five years 10 years 20 years who knows so I think there is an element of maybe naivety that we think we're going to go back to normal but actually things have changed and maybe things have changed for all of us for medium to long term um but equally maybe maybe we will return back to to normal life as we knew it but certainly there'll be a huge transition period to that so I think that's also important to bear in mind in terms of mindset because we're we're in this frame of mind now and we think we're going to return or we're preparing to return to our standard mindset, whatever that was. And and that's simply not going to be as clear cut, which in some sense is helpful for human behavior because it'd be very difficult if we all woke up tomorrow and just went back to normal. We'd all find that very difficult. We might think that would be an excellent solution, but actually from a from a psychological point of view, I think that'd be very challenging for everybody. Um, It'd be like a... uh... A mental hangover, isn't there, of some sort? It's... Yeah, we'd all thought we we'd all be thinking we had one of your strange dreams, Perry. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's um, I can see where they're coming from with it. You know, it's and at one point, it's good to cling on to the fact that we will it will pass and we will get through it. But it's like you're saying that. It's not going to be an instant thing. You're not going to wake up one day and say, right, everyone's back to normal now. Exactly. And it's, it's like it's the, the mental side of that and adjusting to, you know, the this period in between of yeah. getting from where we are now to back to some sort of normality. I mean, take take the Premier League situation as an example. So we, we've stopped playing. We know we're not going to go back into full stadiums. The first match isn't going to be played in a stadium with 60,000 people in. So there's things are going to some things may return to normal and they may look very different from normal. So football may start being played again, as will other levels of football. But Premier League is an example that will go back, but it won't go back as we know it. Um, And that might take quite some time. And there'll be a lasting effect for a lot of things, whether that's the fact that, you know, the, the, the Euros are now not when we thought they're going to be. And actually, will there be a knock-on effect to, to whenever the season finishes, when, it, when the Premier League finishes, when the new Premier League season starts and whether the Euros can take place? And there'll be lots of things like that that have knock-on effects. And for a lot of people that their, their home situation or their work situation might have changed dramatically, it, they, they won't be able to go straight back to normal. It might be that... Even even with examples like cinemas, we might be going back, but we're all sitting two meters apart. So normal is not going to look totally normal for a long time, anyway. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's an important one to. It is nice to cling on to because we we're we're craving what we had, and um, which is quite a natural natural process of emotion. I think we we all want to go back to normal because that's what we knew, and this is all a bit inconvenient for all of us in many ways. Um, but yeah, it's simply it, it, that's not a controllable. <laughs> no, and just thinking there, I hadn't even given it much thought before. But there might be 
some children that this suddenly becomes even more real as things start getting back to a little bit more normality. So at the moment, they might be at home spending a lot of time, you know, it might be like an extended school holiday, if you like, and it might be even a good time for some of them because they've got dad home that wouldn't normally be home or mum home or even older brother living with them that might have been elsewhere, you know, that yeah. all these positives for them and they, they might really be enjoying themselves. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, they, like you say, they might be watching a Premier League game or this isn't a Premier League game because there's no fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot bigger for a kid to yeah. see. So we might, as adults, be going back to normal-ish. Yeah. You know, making that choice. But for kids, it might even be worse for them in a way or going to a cinema and having to sit two metres apart or whatever exactly. it might be. I mean, they might have seen it a little bit in the shops. And they might not be able to go and see Nanny. So they're all affected a little bit and stuff. Of but course, yeah. They might even be more affected. Even going back to school on every other day. Yeah. Suddenly becomes from a school holiday to, wow, this is this is real. My school's been affected. Whereas yeah. Before they've actually seen it. I only say because my lad's gone back to school for the first day today. Oh, wow. His, his mum's a key worker, so he's entitled to go back to school. And it, it's where he's been struggling himself with stuff. We thought, well, do you know what? We'll go back and we'll, we'll put you in. Yeah. Um, and obviously, convenience-wise as well for mum being a care worker. And yeah. Me having to work, it, it's, it's you know, a godsend for us as well. But yeah, you know, it might be the first day for him today that he thinks, wow, I've, all the classes have been empty and you yeah. know, we have to do this, that. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing him tonight and, and seeing how he's coped with it and, and the measures that have been taken at his school. Yeah, and I think I think some of that takes a while to take in, um, child or adult. To be honest, I think we almost need to, you know, for your for your lad, for instance, he'll probably have spent loads. He'll probably be quite tired, I would imagine, tonight from yeah, just yeah. taking on loads of new information and actually just just needing to just absorb that and kind of soak it up and and think, okay, we don't normally have to do that in everyday life. We everyday life is quite routine in everyday life it makes makes things more predictable for us which we crave we don't and in some senses we like unpredictability and we like to do things um you know off the cuff and and stuff like that and be spontaneous but I think it's human nature to also crave that that stable predictable lifestyle and I guess that's that that's the difficulty with this current situation because we're in such a strange transition because we can't we can't settle in this situation because we also know this situation is not forever and we're sort of looking back and thinking I want a bit of that back and I'm worried about this so yes it's a a really really confusing and um emotionally intensive time right last two questions and hopefully they're not quite so intense um what are the biggest lessons you have learned during this period and I guess that can be about your work yourself other people it's a bit broad so any anything you like yeah. I think from, from a personal point of view um learn not to take things and people for granted um even though I'd, I'd like to think I do a pretty good job of that anyway but even just the interaction I'd have with with my closest friends or or with family or even going on a dog walk with my friends or whatever that might be. I think um, not taking that for granted and, and the little moments really. But what, what I've learned most, I think, is to 
be more content doing less. Um, and I think I'm very, I'm very much a be really productive, be really time efficient, um, get things done, you know, look back on the day and know that you've ticked a load of things off your to-do list. And that's very much like in my nature, but that also causes me quite a lot of stress in everyday life. Um, and I think I've, I've learned to deal with that a bit better through this situation of thinking, do you know, it's okay to do, you know, my working day and actually just to relax for a bit. Or, you know, if I'm feeling a bit tense or a bit anxious today, giving myself a little bit of time out. So I think that's my, that's my biggest lesson learned, I think. And finally, will the experience change the way you do things at all going forward? Yes. Or work-wise, I don't know. But, uh... Yeah, I think, I think um, definitely work-wise, just opening up all the possibilities that, that have always been there, but maybe we overlook because we have the ability to see people face to face and in person a lot so knowing that you know I can be contactable in other means for for players or or clients or whoever that might be and know that actually the the online interaction does work and yeah we might prefer to do it face to face but actually logistically it might might work better for people in normal life (laughs) Um, to, to utilize you know what I've been doing over Zoom, or whether it's a pre-recorded presentation, or or a recording of a script for a player. Um, just being able to utilise um, those things, I think, um, and and also just to be a bit m- more um, paperless in my life. So um, from uh, so my my work post gets delivered to my office, and I'm obviously not at my office. Um, so I've had to be a little clever with how I might process some of my admin and my paperwork so I think um knowing that I can I can do all that through a computer file or through um phone scanning and stuff like that that sounds like a really practical uh, learning curve <laughs> but I think um yeah it's got to be an improvement hasn't it using less paper uh, yeah I think so certainly for the environment yeah um but yeah I, I agree there's there'll be lots of things you might not even realize changed or, or have changed about you and your approach to things um that looking back you'll go oh yeah that all started because of this period and certainly for me doing things like this I mean as you know I've been doing a podcast for a couple of years um I've never done one like this so even little yeah. things like this I can you know we can do do more of these with special guests and I knew the technology was there and I knew other people used it but whether I had a uh, a fear of the unknown because I'd never done it that way I was comfortable with how I yeah. was doing them and kept doing it that way because that's how it worked I don't know so I've, and then I've, when you're forced to use it you realize yeah. how how simple and how how it's not not that scary after all and I think we can all relate to that yeah so just those little things for me that have uh, definitely been positives but hopefully when we're all back to normal <laughs> we'll um we'll you know I'll be able to look back and say, you know, these are the things that came out of it and mm-hmm. analyse the time and things I did well, things I didn't do well. Not with a view of it happening again, hopefully, but yeah. you know, just to try and find the positives and, as always, improve as an individual in all areas of your life going forward. And uh, yeah. this podcast has certainly helped with that. So thank you very, very much, as always. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'm going to say it, hopefully when we're back to normal, we can uh, 
meet up and, uh, and maybe do another podcast and see what life's been like since the pandemic. Yes. See how things have changed and uh, for you personally, and, and maybe for your profession in general, who knows? Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. We'll, uh, we'll speak to you soon. Mm.